Welcome to the Psychedelic Revolution podcast brought to you by the Rising Consciousness Community. I'm back with Greg Lake, Attorney Greg Lake, and we have an update on the very important ayahuasca defense that is coming to fruition with a trial on October 2nd. And we wanted to bring Greg back in because we have another ask for the community to help raise some funds to support this really important trial. But Greg, why don't you tell us a little bit about the trial and the importance of the defense that you're putting together? Yeah, absolutely. And just a brief thank you to Kyle and this community. You know, last time I came on, um, support really started pouring in. And so I just, you know, the, it was, thank y'all very much. So I'll, I'll but I'll, I'll get to it. Um, yeah. So the case was two ladies in North Carolina who have been longtime ayahuasca based practitioners, normally flying back and forth to South America to study under various teachers and lineages over the 10 years, you know, had some sacrament ordered to their home for their own personal religious use um, back in 2021, confiscated at the border by the feds, taken to the local gov- uh, police there, sheriff's department in, in North Carolina, and the state police, the local police, in, in conjunction with the federal government, c- conducted a raid and are charging these these two ladies with possession, sale, and distribution uh, or intent to distribute what they coined 2.7 kilos of DMT, which we are, and there's a whole other bag of issues with that. But basically y'all should know that they weighed absolutely everything, including the containers they were in and are charging these girls as having two points, you know, that amount of weight worth the DMT. Um, And so again, we came on here and explained the case last time we were able to raise funds to adequately compensate my co-counsel. All my work is pro bono, but I was able to compensate my co-counsel, local counsel in North Carolina. Um, And now, as you stated previously, despite our best efforts to try to settle this amicably uh, and and in a fair way for these ladies, the state has chosen to take it to trial, which will be October 2nd. Now, part of that trial will be the presenting of expert testimony witness, just like they did in the UDV case, just like they did in the Santo Dime case. We'll need experts on religion, safety, and diversion. Um, We've been able to narrow it down so far to two individuals, you know, who should be able to cover that span of topics. Um, So do you want me to maybe just discuss briefly the importance of the expert testimony and so, and many people know me, I'm, I'm an, I say X, I'm still a trial and appellate attorney by trade and did a lot of litigation in the past. Experts are very important to cases, right? Because a lot of cases, including these religious cases, as we see in the UDV and Santo Daime, very expert testimony driven. Okay. And so us coming together and, 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 and as Kyle stated earlier too, because the religious freedom standard in North Carolina has not been addressed in quite some time, we could get an adverse ruling as to the standard and they could agree with Smith and say that generally this is a valid case. They could go the other way, but just to understand everybody that we're prepared to appeal all the way up to the U S Supreme court. Should we get an adverse decision on the free exercise standard in North Carolina? So again, we'll be creating a trial record that could potentially end up at the U S Supreme court all throughout the media and, and we want to make sure that we have some of the best, most competent experts in their, in their respective areas uh, to come and testify on these matters. And, and I'll get in, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll want me to talk about those two individuals, um, you know, 
we've we've narrowed it down to some good people who are you know not only competent professionals but very aligned with you know our, our overall goal and mission and so yeah we um we're, we're here to ask for funds to help pay for these experts travel lodging um and hourly rates um you know i would say total right now that we probably need somewhere between 10 and 15 K total. Now I will say this, these are very aligned experts. I think to the extent that we can, at least for now, get them their travel and lodging and maybe a poor, good portion of their hourly fees paid up front. I do think we can still secure their presence at trial, but it's, it's you know, if we could get the full amount and pay everybody up would, would be great. Um, you know, I'm prepared if I need to possibly to, you know, come out of my pocket some uh, also to contribute to this cause if need be. Um, and so, yeah, do you want me to, I guess, briefly discuss who we who we've picked so far for experts? Yeah, I think let's let's talk a little bit about the the overall importance of the case. I okay. mean, these two women were active practitioners who were training for over 10 years to be ayahuasca priestesses, I guess, for lack of a better term. And this was for their personal religious training because they couldn't go down to Peru to continue their own religious training. Mm -hmm. And the government just flipped it on its head and said they're distributing with the weight of the jars. And, you know, additionally, if you can speak a little bit on our last podcast, you talked about how North Carolina has not really uh, reviewed a religious psychedelic church per se, which is why there's an avenue that create that could go all the way to the Supreme Court and really set precedent for the entire country for freedom of psychedelic based, you know, um, religious practices. And I think that's an important part to, you know, really emphasize that this isn't just this one case. This is this is a case that's being prepared for all, you know, protection, umbrella protection for religious uh, psychedelic organizations or, or, yeah. And I think moreover, Kyle, you know, let's say for instance, we show up the day of trial, you know, ready, ready to do battle and they dismiss the case. You know, I'll say this is that that still sends a message to other agencies around the country. And it'll for sure send a message to the feds because, you know, the federal government is very, very hesitant ever to get involved anymore with visionary religious practitioners because of pending litigation, prior adverse decisions. And now the Supreme Court has said that if a federal agent substantially burdens your religious freedom, you can sue them personally in court for money damages. And so that's why we see the federal government taking these things to states like ayahuasca, uh, Nebraska is another state that has a low standard for free exercise protections because currently, like you said, our constitutional standard under Smith is very low and pro-government and generally constitutional. And that's why they passed the Religious Freedom and Restoration Act was to rectify that, right? So, but what that means is that states now are only bound by that low standard and there are still a handful of states, California, I think being one of them, uh, who really sides with this lower standard. So in the event that this were to go to the U.S. Supreme Court on this free exercise standard issue, I do feel that the Supreme Court is prepared. And I think this the facts of this case would prevent a great opportunity for them to overturn Smith, meaning that all states would have to 
provide a baseline protection of strict scrutiny, just like the federal RIFRA, just like other states that have RIFRA statutes and other strong constitutional provisions. And so that's really where the incidental overflow effect will go. But I'll, I'll say this is that money donated even to a good result, absent appeal, still sends messages, still sends shockwaves through the community, through time space. And so I just, you know, the, the money will be put to very, very, very good use uh, for people who are very, very much in need and who are very much aligned with, with what, what we're all doing here. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the, the two women involved, because mm-hmm. I know that they are willing to risk a lot to battle this for the, yes. for the uh, to get the result for the community as well. And I think that it's important to acknowledge that, recognize that, and for the community to come behind and stand up. You know, they're the ones that got tagged and, uh, you know, are in the battle, but it's a battle for everybody. It's a battle for religious freedom and for psychedelic freedom. And and one one extra aspect of this, too, is that, and I want to hammer home to people that our free exercise rights are individual rights. You know what I mean? And people who form in theogenic psychedelic churches are really people who are holding larger group ceremonies and creating a larger community. You know, these girls were really just, did they sit in ceremony occasionally here in the U.S.? Yes, occasionally, but really were more focused inwardly on their own, you know, house, temple practice there. But nonetheless, some of the most dedicated, and I say this with all sincerity, some of the most dedicated day-to-day practitioners I've, I've ever met and to hear them talk about their beliefs and views and practices, it, it, it there were moments so profound talking to these girls, ladies, that, that I broke down in tears at the profundity of, of what, what they were saying through all this work that they've been doing. And so just I couldn't have picked a better set of facts, really. Um, I mean, obviously, every set of facts, there's still a quarter. So you probably say, oh, which is that. But with regards to a religious defense, I feel very good, very strongly about this case. We've been able to work with Charles Carrion, who is representing the Arizona Yahe in Arizona and who is the leader in, in general counsel of the North American Association of Visionary Churches and one of the top criminal defense lawyers in this country has been working with us and and we hope to be both our religion expert as it relates to visionary religions and hopefully our diversion expert as well. And so we have a top-notch civil rights criminal defense attorney who not only going to be an expert witness, but has also been kind of mentoring me in a lot of ways, even outside of just this case. Um, And then two, we have Dr. Leanna Standish, who a lot of y'all might be familiar with, is a plaintiff in the right to try to lawsuit uh, in the Ninth Circuit for the psilocybin, who's a, a doctor, particularly in the life doctor in Seattle, Washington, who's been working. And, and, and I guess relevance to this case is that she's done over 20 years of ethnopharmacological medical research on ayahuasca and other psychoactive plants uh, of the Amazon rainforest for over 20 years. And so she's... Um, and she has a special relationship with the D, at least the DEA as it relates to study of ayahuasca, things like that. So it, this is a person that the government itself has consulted and confided in, in, in these types of matters, specifically as it relates to ayahuasca, uh, for sure. So, you know, we feel like two great experts who, 
you know, one beyond just, you know, giving us expert testimony is going to be able to also help really, really guide us and steer us and make sure that we leave no stone unturned uh, along this path through this trial. Great, great. So the ask right now is to help fund, you know, ten to $15,000 to cover the expenses for this expert to get the testimony on record. And we're coming to the head, you know, within a month, two months rather, one month basically for now. So it's kind of an urgent ask at this point for the community to step up and I'll put all the information on the bio and how to, how to contribute. But maybe if there's a quick summary of your ask and and what you yeah, so yeah, exactly. So we're here today talking about a state prosecution in North Carolina against two very sincere and longtime uh, ayahuasca based religious practitioners, two ladies who live together in a single household. Um, we're, I pro bono am helping coordinate their defense and I'm also a lawyer admitted in the case in North Carolina. Uh, we've been here before talking to Kyle and, and we're so honored and, and able to receive enough money to get my co-counsel fully paid, which she drastically reduced her fee too. Um, and so now, you know, we tried to resolve the case the best way we could amicably without litigation, but still good result for our clients. We were unable to despite our best efforts. And so, yes, so now October 2nd, we have a trial date. It looks pretty good. Chances that we will commence that day. Um, This is an important case because North Carolina's free exercise standard is not clear right now. They could choose a low standard, which we would then appeal all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, My ask here today is about getting top-notch expert testimony and witnesses to come and and, and testify on behalf of these ladies. Um, And it's, again, the fact that this could go to the Supreme Court and for many other reasons, making sure that we have good, competent, grade A expert testimony in many, many, many cases. But really, really in this one is our interest as a community is very important. And so, again, all funds will be applied in that direction. We are super grateful ahead of time. You can contact me as Kyle will denote if you want to donate. Um, we can get donations, tax deductions. So, but we'll, we'll hammer all those details out, but just Contact me if you're interested. I would be glad to meet with any each and every person who wants to give a dollar um, and, and discuss this matter. And um, so, yeah, just thank you all ahead of time for, for any and all support. Great. And thank you, Greg, for stepping up and defending these yeah. these women you know, in their time of need. So, great. Thanks so cool. much. Thank you, Kyle.